Hello and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. I'm actually about four days late because usually I like to record the podcast episodes on Thursday or Friday, on Thursday or Friday, or Monday or Tuesday, but we have had, now that the restrictions with COVID are pretty much over everywhere in Europe, we've just had guest after guest after guest. In the first five or six months being here in Tenerife, we would have maybe one guest every two months. And now it's back-to-back guests and we're delighted to have them, but it does mean it's pushed me back a little bit with this week's podcast. Let's get down to it. Okay, this week's podcast episode proudly brought to you by the one-stop motorcycle shop that is XL Moto. Whether you're looking for gear to wear, jackets, boots, jeans, or equipment for servicing your motorbike, everything from oil to bike stands, modifying your bike, and everything in between, this is the place to go. They've often got, well, they've often got discounts on, and I think today, if you're listening to the podcast today, on April Fool's Day, I think there's a 10% discount, so do always go and check them out, and I have just received a retro backpack from them. So you'll be seeing that a lot more, oh, probably in the YouTube channel, I'd guess. Okay, I want to get down first of all to a little bit of, let's see, I'll tell you what, first of all, it's Friday afternoon, so, ah, oh, that's good. Run meal, honey rum, big chunk of ice. Is it bad if I say it's 1.30 in the afternoon? Blue sky, looking out onto the balcony. Right, let's have a look at a bit of news that I wanted to share with you. Nothing too deep, but just a few things I found interesting when having a browse through uh, Bike Magazine. Okay, create expectations. And I'm quoting here, basically, In fact, if I'm going to quote, I'll actually quote, not just zero miles, but still in its crate. This Kawasaki ZXR 750K recently sold for 52K. This is becoming pretty big everywhere now. Being able to buy old motorbikes in their original crates, never touched, crates never opened, exactly as the bikes were, when they, well, left the factory. And the story with this one is that uh, this is a 1990s uh, Kawasaki 750cc and the American owner actually bought two of them. He, He bought them both brand new. He bought one of them to actually ride and enjoy and he bought the other one purely for an investment. So he actually kept it in its crate. Unfortunately, he's just passed away and now his estate is being sold off. But I think this is the highest price ever paid for Kawasaki ZXR750. I mean, it is an incredible looking thing. You know, I think these sports bikes, especially these 1990s bikes, when I look at them, the glory years of the, the Japanese sports bikes, the sports bikes in general, they, they've been the bike to own. When I passed my bike test 11 years ago, I desperately wanted a sports bike. 
But that was at the very, very end of sports bikes being the prominent bike that people wanted to own. 11 years on from that to the present day, they're, they're relatively speaking, extremely undesirable. I mean, they just do not sell. New sports bikes do not sell, full stop. They have fallen off the cliff. However, I honestly believe that these glory year sports bikes, specifically the glory years, the 1990s, you know, those Kawasaki ninjas, bright green, as garish as you like, these are going to become more and more desirable. In fact, I think there's a good argument to say it, you could be sensible to go out and pick up uh, kind of a mid-90s, early 90s sports bike just before they start exploding. You know, go and get one for £2,000, something like that, because these are very, very much of their time bikes. And we are still, to, to, my, to my knowledge, we're still in the time, the space and time, when these, these old sports bikes are just, and only just, they're just undesirable. But that undesirability is about to change within the next two to three years or so. And people are going to be snapping these old 1990s sports bikes up for investment purposes. So if you're looking for a brave shout, go out and find one of these old 1990s Japanese sports bikes. I honestly believe you'll be onto a winner with these. Right, I'll move on. And I'll move on quickly because I did a Q&A on YouTube. And every single answer for me seemed to lead back to Royal Enfield. And I haven't, I, I always like to reply to as many comments as possible. I need to reply to it. Um, someone said, Freddie, is this, a, is this a Royal Enfield commercial that's going on? I've never been paid from Royal Enfield. I don't know why, I just, I just love their bikes so much. I love everything they represent. They're an every man and every woman's bike. Everyone can dream of affording one. I love everything about them. But... I wanted to share this interesting fact. Get ready for your mind to be blown by this. And again, I'm on Bike Magazine here, but I wanted to, let's have a look, find the exact stat that I couldn't actually believe. Okay, listen to this. Get ready for a few numbers here. And this is coming from one of the, uh, the let's have a look, the Royal Enfield European Chief. This is coming straight from his mouth. So. We have sold 116,000 meteors in India. Just in India. 116,000 meteors in India. That, and get ready for this, that is the same as the whole of Ducati's and Triumph's annual global sales. So every single motorbike that Triumph and Ducati sell is only as much as all the meteors sold in India. That is completely insane. Absolutely amazing. I, I almost can't believe that. And of the meteors sold, 86% were sold in India. It just shows how gigantic this Indian market is. And it also shows the value of, of mass market, mass mass-produced items, you know, because motorcycles, they are niche. Everyone, relatively speaking, everyone owns a car, but not everyone owns a motorcycle. But Royal Enfield, what they're doing, they are genuinely creating motorcycles that are attainable 
and desirable for everyone. You know, I think they've doubled the amount, Royal Enfield, they've doubled the amount of, of global female riders, something like from 5% of all sales were for female riders to 10%, something like that. Absolutely incredible. Right, I move on, I move on. Let's have a look at this. Okay, someone else actually said to me, um, an owner of a, a Honda VT Shadow, thank you for sending this in, just highly, highly recommends this. I didn't know about this, but the Honda VT uh, 750 Shadow, I think I've, I've mentioned it before in the podcast episodes, but have a listen to this. Um, Freddie, I totally agree about, uh, about character of the bike. Um, and they continue. Uh, right, so listen to this. I totally agree about character. Very interesting that this bike, the Honda 750 VT Shadow, caused Harley Davidson to take Honda to court because Honda used a single pin crank on the AC models, which gave them a sound like Harley. That court case went on for several years until they came to a gentleman's agreement and Honda stopped building the ACE variants. Um, this Honda 750 Shadow, they were actually built out in the USA. So if you're after a budget, um, you know, a budget version of, version of a Harley, you know, if you're looking for a Harley, but you can't quite stretch to that, uh, that level of money, have a look, have a look at the Honda 750 VT Shadow, because that may well be a very, very good bike. And in fact, I'm 100% sure it will be a good bike. Okay, I move on. JB, thank you for sending this over. JB says to me, Freddie, the alternative monster, Italian soul and Japanese reliability, Kajiva Raptor, a thousand. JB, let's have a look at this. This will be a bike I'm sure a good chunk of you will never, ever, ever have come across. And I'll be completely honest, I haven't either. Let me run this down for you. Kajiva Raptor, 1,000, so I'm assuming it's 1,000 cc. They made it for five years, from the year 2000 to the year 2005. Motorcycle news ratings give it four out of five stars, yet owners rate it at five out of five stars. 105 horsepower, very low annual servicing costs. I've rarely seen that. They say 50 pounds a year. Usually it's about 250. Um, Take that with a pinch of salt, but low servicing costs. The weight is 192 kilos. And it looks like an extremely solid bike. Reliability and build quality, uh, build quality from MCN. That's three out of five. Ride quality and brakes, three out of five. Engine, four out of five. And, and values and residuals, three out of five. However, however... If we go on to owner's reviews, we're looking at a, quite a good chunk of five-star owner reviews here. Although I should say that this does look, this does look like quite a rare bike because there aren't a huge amount of owner reviews on here, although the average overall owner review rating is four out of five. And interestingly, this is why I find it interesting. The average owner reliability review 
is four and a half out of five. So whereas MCN, who, you know, they wouldn't have the bike for a hugely extended period of time, they've rated reliability and build quality as three out of five. Owners are rating it four and a half out of five. Now, MCN says that you can buy a used one for £3,600. If I go onto Auto Trader right now, let's see how that's changed. How out of date is MCN, i.e. has the Kajiva Raptor actually started to go up in value? Well, well, there are only four available on Auto Trader for bikes. So I'm, I'm starting to think here, we're onto what is going to be a very rare bike. I've just learned they've got one in 645cc, but the one to go for, well, this is very interesting. You can get it in 645cc or 1000cc. Now, the 1000cc model is just £3,000. Now, why is this so cheap? Why? Why for an Italian motorbike that looks a little bit like a Ducati monster that's had a few steroid injections over the past months, why would it be so cheap if it's got good ratings? Kajiva. Let's have a look at the history of Kajiva because this could be a very interesting proposition. Well, if I type in Kajiva motorcycle, first thing that comes up, what happened to Kajiva motorcycles? The Kajiva brand is no longer active. The production being focused on MV Augusta and other people saying, when did Kajiva go out of business? Okay, I had no idea. Kajiva went out of business in 2012. Um, the last Kajiva motorcycle rolled off the line in 2012 while the company was owned by parent MV Augusta. Ah, I see. Okay, so what we're dealing with here is an old Italian motorcycle brand that have been out of business for 10 years. They're now incredibly rare bikes, but they have not, that rarity has not translated into increased residual values. This is a really good looking bike. Circular front headlamp, the one I'm looking at, silver tank, Kajiva diagonally written across the tank, very stripped back. A bit of a, a bit of a, a trellis, frame theme going on here, much like the Ducatis of the same era. For my money, it's a better looking bike than the Ducati. So what I think I'm looking at here is also another very, very good option for not only a very good looking bike that's got good reliability ratings from the owners, but surely just as just as the case, as is the case with nearly all Italian brands. Looking at a 21-year-old motorcycle now in the 1,000cc Kajiva Raptor from a now defunct Italian brand. Oh, are we going to be onto a winner with this one? Oh, that may... If I had a warehouse or something big enough, I would be seriously looking at one of those. And even the 645cc variants... Very good looking bikes. I need to see Sale UK, Kajiva Raptor. Are there any others? Because this is, this is now very, very rare. So Auto Trader, Gumtree, 
Let's see if there's any on Gumtree before I move on to the next one. 1,000 cc Raptor, three and a half thousand pounds. Yeah, the, the values have stagnated at around three and a half thousand pounds. There's one, oh, there's, no, that's one, two, five. 650 cc, I tell you what, final one I'll do, I. Final one I'll do, Kajiva Raptor, 650 cc. Fantastic looking bike. Even the 650s are brilliant looking bike. They haven't downgraded the looks wise on the 650. It looks superb. Kajiva Raptor, 650cc. For some reason, they've written Suzuki SV. I think they want to get SV. Uh, I, th I think what they want to do, people do this a lot. They want to get people who are looking for Suzuki SV650 to look at this Raptor. So they've done the keywords in there. Listen to this. And I always say this, this is based up in, uh, this is in Coventry. Okay, listen to this. Kajiva Raptor 650 in used condition with heated grips. It has had the following work done at 30,000 miles. Oil and filter, chain and sprockets. It will need a set of tires for the MOT, which is the annual check we call here in the UK. See the pictures for condition. The, rev the reserve light doesn't work, but I do 130 miles and fill up. Any questions, just ask. It does need a bit of work. There's a little bit of a rip in the seat. But here, how are they still so cheap? Is it just that no one knows about them? Why are they not more desirable? £1,200 for a beautiful Italian motorcycle that is now 20 years old. Oh, well, this one's 16 years old. £1,200. Take a look at that. Take a look at those Kajiva Raptors. Okay, I'll move on from that. Thank you, JB. That is eye-opening in a bike I would never, ever have considered. Right, I move on to, where am I going to now? California. Hi, Freddie. I live in California and I ride a Triumph Street Twin. I've been following you from here to, uh, to YouTube and your podcast, Love Your Passion. Not sure if you saw this, but it was just announced that the US will lift tariffs on British steel. As a, and as a result, the UK will be lifting tariffs on US motorcycles. I know you've talked a lot about those tariffs making it too expensive to get US bikes in the UK. How that actually happens. Cheers. That, that's okay. I really hope this changes because I have been noticing actually the price of, and thank you for sending that over as well, the price of American bikes, the prices of Harleys now, it's eye-watering how expensive they are. I mean, I remember not too long ago, let's, let's get on to here, Harley-Davidson UK, just to make it relevant. My, my dream bike was the Harley-Davidson Street Bob. And it was £12,200, that's sterling, brand new. £12,200 sterling, brand new from the Harley-Davidson dealership. Now, if I go on here to the, the Harley-Davidson website, and I haven't checked this for a while, let's see what now that £12,200 has turned into. And the page is just loaded up. This, this is just insane. The Street Bob, I'm sure it was only two years ago, maybe even a year ago. The Street Bob used to be £12,200. Now, if you want a Harley-Davidson Street Bob, the cheapest is £14,795. 
that is a just a gigantic, gigantic increase, huge increase. If I look at, for example, to compare that, that's a £2,600 increase in the past two years or so. Triumph. And if I go on to Triumph Motorcycles, Triumph Motorcycles UK. If I go for about the same amount of time ago, I remember the Triumph Street Twin was, I think, £8,100 two or three years ago, to the very best of my knowledge. And if I go there now, just to compare, okay, that's £8,595. To the best of my knowledge, that's gone up about £400 in the same amount of time. But wow, the cost, I know everything's going up, but that really is a huge increase going on at the moment. Okay, I want to get to something now. I've got 10 minutes left and I wanted to use every second of these last 10 minutes or so to have a look at a few treats. Let's say we fancy just being a bit, a bit out there. We want something that is a real statement motorcycle. Let's have, we'll just finish off this one meal. Ah, that's good, okay. A real statement motorcycle, something that is completely ridiculous but brilliant. The kind of bikes that maybe you couldn't, you couldn't dream of affording back then when they came out. They were just too big, too extreme. But what I'm going to be looking at now for the next few minutes, 1200cc plus monsters of bikes. I don't care about the year. I don't care about the brand. I just want to see what I can get with the only stipulation being it must be a minimum of 1200 cc's. And I'm starting with the lowest price possible. Get ready for a few trips down memory lane with this. Right, we start off here and it's exactly as I would have thought. We're starting off with a Triumph Trophy from 1996 and that is a 12 100cc bike. I always forget Triumph, you know, they put the 1200cc engines in these, then they went down to the 1050, but God, you can take your pick of these straight after this one. What's the second one that comes up? First is Triumph Trophy from 1996, 1200cc, 35,000 miles. The second, Triumph Trophy from 2003, 21,000 miles. This is ridiculous. I almost had to do a double take. Listen to this for the first five bikes that come up. Triumph Trophy, Triumph Trophy. Suzuki Bandit, Triumph Trophy, Triumph Trophy. Suzuki Bandit, Triumph Daytona. It's insane. Okay, the first one that really grabs me. Uh, you know, those Triumph Trophies will be incredibly good workhorses, but here's a lovely 1250 Bandit, 2008. 28,000 miles in the best colour, in black. And it's the updated model. It's the Gen, I think they call it the Gen 3, actually, with the 1250 engine. It's in such good condition, it almost looks brand new. That glorious circular headlamp, twin dials. It's got a proper fuel gauge. I'm actually wondering a bit why, why this is so cheap. 12.5K. 12.5K. These are... 
as bang on future classics as you could ever dream of getting these huge old bandits. Listen to this, Bandit K8's 1250 Street Fighter with 28,000 miles on the clock and some service history, which I've earned since 2014 with two previous keepers. It has been faultless throughout my many adventures. We have two keys, chain sprockets done, oil and filter done 50 miles ago. She's been kept in my garage. We're not out on adventure. No longer, um, ooh, uh, yada, 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 yada. Um, I'm looking for a new owner as I no longer need to be strapped to a rocket and have my eye on a more sedate Triumph Tiger. Very interesting reason for selling it. Oh my God, someone's gonna snap that up. Get on to Auto Trader for Bikes if you're in the UK. Uh, Suzuki Bandit 1250 2008, 2.5k, and biking season is just around the corner. It's a superb, superb proposition, that bike. And then we get on to something that's very special. This will be an, an appreciating classic. Triumph Daytona 1200 from 1993. 44,000 miles on the clock. All original exhaust, indicator screen, original handbook. Noted, uh, well, listen to this. This was the bike, uh, noted as the bike that broke the gentleman's agreement. Back in the early 1990s, the Japanese had a gentleman's agreement to limit their bikes to 125 horsepower until Triumph released the bike, the 1200 Daytona, that boasted 147 horsepower. This bike changed history and was noted for that very reason. This bike has been kept in a private collection for 10 years before recently being recommissioned with new carb internals and 12 months MOT with zero advisories. The bike's in lovely condition and would be of interest to a collector as prices are rising. Very rare bike, two and a half thousand pounds. That's, that's actually the description. That's the written description. I don't think I've ever heard anything so cool in my life. The bike that broke the gentleman's agreement. 1200 cc, I mean, 147 horsepower for a bike that is 29 years old. 29 years old. This isn't just a future classic. This is a bang on classic now. Front fairing, this is in red. Front fairing with the twin, uh, twin circular headlamps integrated into it. Th I mean, this, this. Actually, this is so interesting. I need to put this into Google. What do people say about this? Triumph Daytona 1200. Oh, forget about stocks and shares. Forget about cryptos. This, th these, these are the things. If you've got a warehouse, these are the things to buy. Triumph Daytona 1200, uh, let's see if MCN review. Was MCN around that long ago? Uh, Triumph Daytona 1200, oh, here we go, here we go. It's got, mm, no, I don't think it was actually. Let's see if there are any other places we can find anything about that. Oh, make or break. Someone said here, uh, right. Yellow motorcycles, I've never been a fan. This big old Triumph looks like a chunky wasp with its custard yellow finish. In fact, every person that's seen it in the yard since it landed have all passed comments on its brightness. Um, 
What's the story on that low mileage? No, just actually, no, that's another one for sale. I think it's so old, it's harder getting these reviews for these bikes. Okay, I'll move on, I'll move on. But that is the, the Daytona. Let's see what else we can find here. Okay, well, there's two incredible ones to start off with. I'm going on to page two now. You've got the things you'd expect. The Yamaha F FJR1300. Suzuki Bandit, you're gonna get these a lot, Suzuki Bandit, and guess what, here's another Triumph Trophy, another Suzuki Bandit, another Bandit, Kawasaki ZZR 1200. Now that's a beast of a bike. 2002, so that's 20 years old. This was the, the competition to the um, Hayabusa. Suzuki Hayabusa, 35,000 miles on the clock, 1,200cc beast, and only done 100 miles since its last MOT, just a couple of scratches on it. It's not going to win any looks awards. However, it is an incredibly mean-looking bike, and that is, that's a seriously intimidating machine. Fantastic condition as well. The Japanese built these these big hyper bikes incredibly well. They've stood the test of time with regards to the quality of materials used. Yamaha XJR 1300, it's a bike I've covered before, like it a lot, I knew I'd see that. I don't know if this is just in the UK, but the amount of Triumph trophies is absolutely ridiculous. Now, here it's a bike that will be of real interest. Honda CB1300 from 2004, 52,000 miles on the clock. So for a Honda just run in, 2,800 pounds. That bike will go on forever. That will be a superb motorcycle. And at 2,800 pounds now, that's, that's going to be a very, very good purchase for someone. Imagine a 1,300cc engine in one of those. I guess you could argue that it's, the slightly more upmarket, more classier version of the beast of a bandit, that big Suzuki bandit. Uh, more Yamahas coming up. See, these Japanese bikes for the big engines, the great value use propositions, very, very tempting. Okay, okay, I'll do one more. I'll try and do something else apart from Triumph and the Japanese stuff. Let's do this BMW. BMW, K1200 RS, 3,200 pounds. It's not a looker, but there's some strange charm about it. Now it's, now it's hit that 21-year-old mark. Immaculate condition, 31,000 miles on the clock. Bright blue, but almost not a blemish on it. Really is a glorious, in glorious condition. I mean, that, this is why biking's so exciting. What you can get, what you can get for your money. 1,200cc BMW from 2001. Okay, I'll leave it there. Hopefully I've given you a bit of food for thought. Uh, thank you so much to XL Moto for sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, I'll include all of their details in the written description of this podcast. Please do keep on sending over any, any stories or thoughts that you've got. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing weekend all, and I'll speak to you in the next one.